Hi, I'm Irene Yanku, and this is my podcast. I have spent my entire career in dentistry learning. Learning about new technology, techniques to better my clinical skills, and now I'm a practice owner and leader. In life as a learner, I've noticed my truest love for learning has not been about teeth or what material is best to use for a core buildup. It's been learning about people in our dental community. The educators, scientists, clinicians, business owners, and advocates, their stories, their lives, their why, and their what's next. Getting to know them as humans, identifying how they work, what their rituals are, while highlighting them as the true trailblazers in dentistry. And that's what I do here on the show. So hold on to your suction. It's about to get slippery here on the Tooth or Dare podcast. Welcome back, peeps, to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast. Peeps with your peep, Irene. Hello. If you're watching this on YouTube, hello. Welcome back. If you're driving to work or in the car or wherever you may be, hi. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to another episode recording live at the Chicago Midwinter Conference with a good friend, Karen Davis, who I believe is now an even better friend after having this podcast interview with me. Um... We got to sit down and it turned into a one-part episode to a three-part episode, and I've put the last two parts together, so you'll have to listen into those next week. And in the first series, or first part of this episode series, we talk about um, Karen's journey in dental hygiene, where she got started, what it's like being a hygienist in the 80s and 90s on an airbase, what the uniform looked like. And then what are some of the similarities or differences between practicing back then and practicing now? Um, This episode was kindly sponsored by friends at Designs for Vision who are doing a 45-day trial of any of their pair of loops. You can be measured, get them prepared, ready, sent to you, and try them for 45 days. And if you don't like them, you can send them back. So I feel like that is one of the most amazing things about this company is that there's you know no strings attached on that side. So uh, I highly encourage you to try out their loops. I think that came up in the episode quite a bit too and the differences between practicing now and practicing then and like the availability of having more technology like loops uh, to better our careers and better our practice. So strongly encourage you to check that information out in the description below and listen to this episode and have fun. Um, we did. We definitely had a little bit too much fun. One of her like funny stories of how she got a handpiece stuck in some guy's fabulous mustache was just wonderful. Um, and yes, that is it. That is all. Uh, thank you, Karen, for, for being part of this series with me. And thank you for sharing your message. So until next time, peace out, peeps. So I'm happy that we got to do this. Me too. And um, I want to learn more about you, like the person behind the podium. I know you're speaking here, and we'll get we'll get into that on the part two of this okay. series. Um, but tell me about you. Like, let's go way back. This is pre pre dental. Like, how I want to see how much I can get out of you. Oh wow! Where did you okay. grow the up? The reveal. The reveal. Yeah. Okay. Well. No surprise with my Texas accent. Okay. I'm a Texas girl born and raised. Okay. 
<laughs> so funny. First time I ever spoke in Boston, I got some critique. I don't like your accent. It's oh, like, my gosh. What accent? I don't have an accent. You have an accent, <laughs> Boston. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but, yeah, I grew up in Texas at a tiny little town called Electra, Texas. That's a cool name. It is a cool name. Yeah. And there were 4,000 people in the city when I grew up, so it was kind of magical. You okay. knew everybody. You got to ride around on your bicycles all through town, and it was totally safe. Okay. And then I had 63 people in my graduating class. So, wow. of course, we knew everything about everyone. And wow. I didn't really know anything different about the world at large. I just loved growing up in a tiny little town with hmm. a great family, of an amazing family. Two brothers, one sister. Okay. And... So life was good, but I decided I wanted to spread my wings a little bit. So I knew I wanted to do dental hygiene, and that's an interesting side story. Okay. And I'll, I'll just divert for a second. I'm literally in the seventh grade. Okay. And there is a mobile unit that comes to my junior high in tiny little electric. Was Texas. there no dentist in your town? No, there weren't. No, no okay. Not at all. Okay. But there's this mobile unit that comes from Texas Women's University, and they are showcasing opportunities for careers. Okay. And you, you walk into this little mobile unit, and there was like a little dental hygienist area. There was a nursing area. There was a radiology technology area, med tech area. And I'm walking into this little mobile unit, and all of my friends are just, you know, playing around, and I'm thinking... This is what I want to do. No way. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, so they had mobile dentistry. No, it wasn't mobile dentistry. It was literally just a traveling unit okay. to showcase career choices. Oh, okay. So they weren't practicing. No, okay, no, got no, it, got it, got it. No, but I knew immediately when I walked into that mobile unit, yeah. I wanted to do something in healthcare. Yeah. I always liked sciences, and, and my own dental hygienist was just kind of one of my mentors. And so when I go back to see so her the cool. next time, I said, so tell me a little bit about dental hygiene. And she's like, oh, it's the best career oh. on the planet. So she just sold me on it. So I knew in, in seventh grade, I knew in seventh grade that I wanted to pursue dental hygiene. Did yeah. you know anyone that was in dentistry at the time? Like Not a soul. Just your dental hygienist. Laura, my dental hygienist, yes, oh that goodness. I love. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I can even think back to like mm -hmm. when I realized I wanted to do dental hygiene. Yeah. So I knew early on that I wanted to pursue that course. So, I mean, I, I kind of grew up in a magical situation with a great family, great town. Went to college my freshman year out of state because I just wanted something different. But they did not have a dental hygiene curriculum in that university. So I applied to the university back close to where I grew up in Wichita mm -hmm. Falls, 30 minute drive. And I was accepted. So I actually moved back in with my parents. <laughs> How was that? How did that it's go? It's a little awkward after you've graduated from high school, you've spent a year as a wild freshman and then you move back oh, in with your parents. Yeah. yeah was like, but Really Were you a wild freshman, I was though? a wild freshman. No way. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, my God. We need to go back to that. Okay. I want to know what kind of high school kid you were. Like, aside from, like, being brainy. Oh okay. So, this gosh. is what I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning you to be, like, perhaps a cheerleader. I was. Okay. Did you date someone off the football team? I did. <laughs> 
just stop. I can't. I can't sweating. Oh, my God. My mother would be so proud of me right now, my premonitions. Okay, so I envisioned that you were, like, the cool kid and, like, had all of the friends, but you were really sweet, but had a devious side. Bingo. <laughs> Is it really that obvious? No, because you know why? Because now I feel like I am the complete opposite of what I was in high school. I was oh, like the yeah. quiet nerd. Yeah. And now I'm not. But right. I feel like anyone now that is doing kind of what we do, they yeah. must have had like an opposite side to them. Because when I, I totally look at you, did. you're very like, or maybe this is just what I feel. I feel like you're just, you give your shit together. You're just, you're this like little package of wonderfulness. <laughs> And, like, you've got the right attitude and, the, you know, the right people. You say the oh right things. Gosh. So you must have been the wild child when I you were a kid. I was totally the wild child. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I smoked cigarettes. I smoked pot. I drank Stop. beer. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, think about this. You're growing up in this tiny little town. Yeah. What is there to do? Nothing. You have keg parties. That's what you do <laughs> on the weekends. Where do you get the kegs from? Whoever. Well, all of the liquor stores around there would sell it to underage kids. They didn't care. Oh, my gosh. And then you always had older age kids that were friends. Right. So, yeah. And brothers and sisters. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. So then you went to high school and then you went to college. Yeah. And I took that wildness to college okay. and didn't quite have it out of my were system. Were you a sorority sister? No, no, no. I didn't do sorority Oh, okay. No. Nope. D- didn't go that I route. I was wrong. No. I just um, continued the partying every okay. chance I had. But... Here's the rub. I had already figured out I wanted to get into dental hygiene, so I really... You had to work hard. Was it competitive? Yes. Okay. Yes. When I was applying, hundreds of people would apply for a 13-seat slot. 13? Yeah. We had 13 in our class. Wow. That's a really small class. That's like a great ratio. Yeah. It's unheard of these days. I know. I know. I was really blessed. Yeah. So I really had to buckle down, so I really... (laughs) Had to kind of split my time between partying mm. and really studying. Sure. And it was an associate, was it associate's or bachelor's degree program? It was bachelor's, bachelor's degree. Bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. So three years or four years. I mean, every school is a little different these yeah, days. I had my first year prerequisites. And I'm Canadian, so it's different in Canada. Right. right. Yeah. I had my pre-year, uh, year prerequisites in Oklahoma, where I went my freshman year. And then I transferred to the dental hygiene program, Midwestern State University. And I got my associate degree and then stayed on and got my bachelor's degree. Cool. Three years. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then and then what? So you graduated well, from high so, school? Well, so, I mean, I really buckled down when I went into the dental hygiene curriculum. It yeah. was so strenuous. I was really not prepared. Mm. So here's a fun story. The director of the program when I was in dental hygiene school the 1970s. You were in hygiene in 1970? What was hygiene like in the 70s? No, I graduated in 1979 from hygiene school. Okay, so 80s. Let's call it the 80s. What was it like? Yeah. White dress. Okay. White hose. Okay. White shoes. Like pantyhose? Yes. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thick white pantyhose. Okay. White dress, white shoes, white pantyhose. Get this. Did you have Hairs up, white hat. Stop. <laughs> Do we have a photo of you with this? Can we use this on our Instagram, <laughs> please? I Do you have can, a picture? I maybe can find one. We need to like and a I then had, and a oh, now. We need to get one of you now in like a I, gown, I like an this, N95. No, I had an afro. I had an afro. Stop. Yeah, I did. I had an afro. That's And funny. then I would put my little white hat on top of my afro. Did you have to clip it in? Like how, oh, how sure. does it stay on no, no, when you're no, like no. upside down no, in someone's you mouth? Have, you have to it on. Wow. I find it fascinating when I hear stories about people that practiced, that mm-hmm. still practice now, mm-hmm. and that are like 
you know, have evolved so much. Like technology has changed so much. Oh, there's nothing I do today that I did when I was in school. Of course not. not. It's like, you probably for the better part of your schooling, like barely wore gloves. So I feel like. I wore them in school, but when I went into the real world, nobody wore them. So I ditched them. It's like the safety glasses pre-COVID. Like in school, everyone had to wear safety glasses. But then you leave and you're like, you got the beautiful eye makeup. And I see the pictures on Instagram. People tag me. And I'm like, girl, where are your glasses at? Like, (laughs) Right. Cover that hair up a little bit. Just a little bit. Like it doesn't, you know, the bangs in the eyes. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of that happens. What other things would you say that you did in school that are really different now? Like, is there one thing that, that just yeah. blows your mind? <clears throat> yeah. And it's a funny story. So I was treating airmen in my dental hygiene curriculum because... Airmen, like in mm-hmm, the in the mm-hmm. army airmen? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because... I'm just envisioning you in this, like, va- fabulous white outfit yes, with these, exactly. like, gorgeous men wearing these, like, yes, wonderful you've got uniforms. the right picture. You've oh, got my the God. Right I want to go back to the 80s. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So we did not have it's like a Tom Cruise just strolls in. <laughs> Pretty much. Stop. All day. Oh my All goodness. day. Yeah, it was great. Did you marry one? I hope you I did. I did not. Damn it. I did not. No. <laughs> so we're in the Air Force facility using their high-tech equipment because we did not have a dental hygiene facility on campus so we would do all of our academics on campus then we would drive to the air force base and then we would treat our patients at the air force base so one of the things that happened to me early early on that would never happen now because i don't even use a polishing device i use airflow device for Mm -hmm. everything amen so Early on, I am treating an airman, and he's got this, like, walrus mustache that's just <laughs> everywhere. It's everywhere. Okay. You see where I'm going with this? Is it, like, the mustache from, what's the guy's name um, in the movie? Uh, it'll come to me. It'll come okay. to me. Keep going. All right. So, I'm parting it to get it out of the way so I can even get in his mouth to work on him. Really never seen anything quite like it before. And so... I do all of his treatment. I'm winding down to the end of the appointment. I'm polishing him. And all of a sudden, it's like... <gasps> it got stuck in his mustache. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> and, and I'm a dental hygiene student, and I don't have a clue what to do. Yeah. So it's like... <gasps> and I'm just frozen. It's like, what do I do? What did and you he, do? And he goes, hood it in reverse. Oh, yeah. Smart. I said... Is there what? a reverse? Was yeah, there a, I didn't oh. know that. Oh, okay. It's like the little flip yeah. on the motor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, this had happened to him before. He knew exactly what to do. So, I put it in reverse and, mm. you know, I unwind myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm so flustered oh, that this happened no. that something else happened <gasps> to make it even oh, worse. No. So, I finish his appointment. I'm saying to him, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I pushed the wrong button on the automatic chairs at the Air Force. I don't know why they had this in the dental. It's like an eject button? No. It was a button where the head goes down to the floor and the feet (laughs) go up to the ceiling. From Bellenberg? Yep, yep. yep. (gasps) Oh, my God. So, it's an auto button. So, if you hit it, it just goes. So, after that happened, then I'm now, he's he's heading toward the floor and I'm just following. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness! The poor guy's just like upside down, hanging by his ankles like a bat. It was awful. Is that one of your like greatest memories? 
it's of that my time. Worst memories. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe I put him through that. Oh my but. god, mustache man. I can't yeah. imagine there's an actor that has like a really big dusty looking mustache. Yeah, it was enormous. Yeah. It was enormous, but That's too funny. But so I don't even use a polisher now, so that would never ever happen to me now. But I, mean, I feel like it, his mustache has to be that long. Oh, it was I can't yeah. I've had my uh, yeah. Like a burr, I'm a restorative hygienist, so I do mm-hmm. like fillings and stuff yeah. too. So I've had a burr get stuck in like a rubber dam or in sure. an optra gate, and then it's like, yeah. like yeah. you know, know, it rips right through it. But I've never thought mm-hmm. about it getting stuck in someone's hair. Yeah. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay, so then that did you work on the base? Like I did. Okay. Yeah, what was that like? Oh, it was really cool. It was really cool. You have to have all this clearance to go on the base, so we had to all get approved little as badges little dental and hygiene students. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So then great. what did you do after that? After you graduated and first job? Do you remember your first? Oh, absolutely. My, f- oh, my first two employers were amazing. Yeah. Carl Davis, Okay. no relation. Carl okay. Davis was the pediatric dentist that I accepted my first position with. And I knew nothing about pediatric dentistry, mm. but he hired me as both an assistant and a dental hygienist. So I got to assist him with hospital dentistry, which cool. was really interesting. Like sedation stuff? Yeah, interesting and tragic all at the same time yeah. to see these tiny little children just bombed out mouths. Yeah. Um, but it, I learned so much from him, and he just he became my mentor. Mm. He was just the kindest man. And I really loved working with children, but I did it until I had enough, and then I wanted to see adult patients. So I actually started part-time with Carl Davis, and then I eventually went to part-time with an adult dentist, Dr. Grimes. And Dr. Gary Grimes said the most infamous thing to me one time. So I'd been with him a few years, and he had this Texas drawl. He wore cowboy boots to the office. He smoked cigarettes. Yeah, it was just crazy. So he pulls me in his office one day, and he sits down at his desk. He's kind of relaxed there, and he goes, Karen, I need to tell you something. You can't save the world from periodontal disease. (laughs) You can't. You just can't. It's not possible. (laughs) And what did you say? I said, I can try. (laughs) Oh, you were so sweet. I mean, I I already knew early, early on in my career that periodontal disease was just wrecking people's oral health and their overall health and their confidence with their smile and everything. So that really became a passion of mine early, early on. And so um, I really fit right into just everything about education for patients, then for colleagues. It was just a really easy, natural fit for me. So, I mean, I hate to fast forward and then backtrack, but you've spoken on like every stage possible in dentistry. You've written for every publication. You've done research, correct? Yeah. You've done a lot. And I always wonder, like, where did that come from? Like, you know, I I don't know much about you as a a young human being, but you strike me as someone that was ambitious and that didn't give up. So when did you... When did you say, okay, well, I've done pedo, I've done perio, I've moved to perhaps states and practice in different places. What was your motivator to take a stage? Or do you remember remember. what your first opportunity was? Like, what was that first thing that presented to you? You were like, I'm going to say yes to this and figure it out later. Well, it's interesting. There's a little bit more to it than that. I actually graduated dental hygiene school. My instructor was really, really active in her professional association, Kathy Trilly. 
just an incredible friend, mentor of mine. I will always be grateful that she had the bar so ridiculously high mm. as a clinician in education that I really carried that high standard and high bar into my professional involvement. And I just really followed in her footsteps. She was active in the professional association. I quickly became active in the Texas Professional Association. I attended a lot of meetings and I remember sitting at a meeting very clearly in Dallas probably my first year at, into practicing on my own. And it was at an AAP meeting, huh. American Academy of Periodontology. Yeah, yeah. They were meeting in Dallas. I went to it. I was still living in Wichita Falls, but went to it. And I walk into this room. It's the first time I've ever been to a professional meeting. And the topic was insurance, believe it or not. So, insurance. I mean, yeah. It wasn't a really compelling topic. That's how long ago <laughs> we've been battling this topic, huh? That is correct. Interesting. Yes. Fun. Yes. So I walk into this room and there's somebody at the stage and she's talking about insurance and she's making it really interesting. And I remember thinking. <laughs> insurance is yes, interesting. Okay. Yes. And I remember thinking, wow, that looks fun. Hmm. I'd like to do that someday. And that thought just kind of was in How my old were mind. You? I was, okay, I graduated. I was in my early 20s. I was probably 24. Okay. Okay. Hmm? That thought just went in my Which mind. Which is young for a speaker. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I didn't pursue it at that time, but when I moved from Wichita Falls to Dallas and I accepted a job in Dallas, I accepted a job where in the practice that I'm still in no today. No way. Mm -hmm. How many years have you been I there? I started there in 1985. Stop. Mm -hmm. It's the year I was born. 38. Almost 38 years. Yep. Yep. So we're growing old together. My patients and I are just growing old together and, and doing life together. But you're not, they're not only growing old with you, they're, they're, they're seeing the generations. Like you're probably yeah. seeing their oh, children sure. and their children's children. I am. That it's, is really cool. It is. It's great. But the fact that I accepted the job in this particular practice is really what helped set me on my path to speaking. Because yeah. when they interviewed me, the office manager said, now, Karen, you're taking Nancy's position. And Nancy always did hygiene breakouts when Dr. McDougall would speak. He was already a speaker. Okay. And he was doing continuing education. And so many times when he would host programs in Dallas and dental practices would come to Dallas, Nancy would do the breakouts with the dental hygienist mm -hmm. while he's doing a breakout with the dentist. And she said, we're going to want you to do that. Is that okay? I said, that sounds great. Tell me what I need to do. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's a breakout? I know. Okay. So I just, I had an opportunity literally with that I first position you. I took in Dallas to fit into an opportunity to connect with other colleagues and teach them some of the things that we were doing in our practice that yeah. they were interested in. I, one of the reasons I'm still at this practice, it's a phenomenal office. It's like a family and yeah. it's very cutting edge and he's a great leader. And so we did a lot of things right mm. and not everything, but we did a lot of things right. And so it was fun to teach some of those concepts to dental hygienists that would come from all over the country. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my exposure to a little taste of what I thought I was interested in that very first meeting that I sat in about dental insurance. Hmm. And from that, then when Nancy came back from Switzerland, she worked over there a few years, then Nancy and I, she came back to the practice. We decided together that we wanted to start some continuing education programs. Cool. Yeah. Is Nancy still speaking? 
No, Nancy no. has passed. We're sorry. Sorry yeah, for that. I know. But we were great, great friends. And we just kind of set up our own continuing education programs. That's cool. It was. And yeah. then I also went to work for JP Institute okay. out of California as a part-time consultant. Mm. So that also really kind of helped forge my opportunities for speaking. So I quickly just stopped what I was doing with Nancy, put my energy in with JP. And through that, then I was speaking at digital conferences and meetings. And then I really did not start my own company until mm-hmm. 1999. Cool. Wow. Interesting. I guess and then it's like people ask that question often, like, how do, you, how do I start speaking? And you kind of just, like, you just start. Yeah. You find yeah. a way. Early on, I spoke at study clubs for yeah. no fee at yeah. all. Just yeah, to yeah. Get we've all done stuff for free. Yeah, I mean, hey, sometimes we still do it. It's of just course. like you, yeah. it's, it comes with the territory. But it sounds yeah. like your office had something figured out. It was like trying to connect people together. And yeah. maybe that's something that, you know, someone could do with their doc in their office. Like hold your own little itty bitty study Absolutely. club. Yeah. With invite some other, local people. Invite other colleagues. Invite yeah. them to come over and, and take on a topic that you're passionate about, that yeah. you're interested in. Learn about it. Yeah. And then learn how you can share that yeah. with colleagues. Someone mm-hmm. someone once told me when I asked, like, how do you become a speaker? Like many years ago. And just mm-hmm. like, speak until people listen. It's and actually pretty good advice. It was. I mm-hmm. thought it was really good advice. Like, speak until mm-hmm. people listen. I'm like, well, when will they listen? And it's like, when you just keep doing it and someone will listen right. eventually. Right. Yeah. Um, no, so that's true. That's cool. Mm-hmm. What would you say one of your most, like, memorable career goals has been? Wow. Like, is there one thing that you're like, that was on my career bucket list? Well, as a dental speaker in the U.S., you need to make all the major meetings. Right. Yeah. At least once. (laughs) At least once. Yeah. Yes. So probably the first year I did what's referred to as the trifecta, and I do not remember what year this was. What's the trifecta? Oh, the trifecta is you speak at the Yankee. Okay. Then you speak at the Chicago Midwinter. Okay. Then you speak at the Hinman. All in the same year? Yes. Oh, yeah. Damn. I yeah. haven't hit Hinman yet. Yeah. Oh, it's a fab. I don't think I've done it. I don't think I've done any of those. I've done the Chicago Midwinter and Yankee. In yeah. This, not in the same year, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I don't, so hard, though. It is. As it an, is. Yeah. Yeah. It's as a yes. as a hygiene clinician mm-hmm. and like no disrespect to to any of our other colleagues. But that's really hard as an what the speaker world considers us to be an auxiliary still on the correct. podium. Correct. I feel like there's mm-hmm. still a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I politically correctly say that <laughs> without never speaking at any of those That's events so ever funny. again? But it's well, true. It I mean, there are fewer changing. speaking spots yes, for are. us because there are fewer that attend. Um, but I think that that is slowly changing. It I is. wish that were more doctors or mm-hmm. practice owners. I'm a practice mm-hmm. owner, not a doctor. Yeah. And I fall into this category too. I wish that more of us owners would bring our team members. Right. The unfortunate part is that, yeah, it's super expensive to fly people across countries and hotel rooms and food and all of that stuff. Of course. But we're, I think sometimes we're, it's just too easy to say, no, it's too expensive instead of saying, yes, it's expensive, but let's come up with a plan. Yeah, because the the fallout of that is the times that our office has collectively gone to meetings together. Yeah. That's where we get the biggest bang for the buck. Yeah. Truly, in terms of what you come back with and what you implement. Yeah. If everybody can have that same exposure. um, We're all speaking the same language. I would say every 
couple of years, that should be a goal. Agreed. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's go into our part two because okay. now we know a little bit about you. So peep, stay tuned to part two of this episode with Karen Davis about her speaking topic here at Chicago Midwinter. Okay. Oh, hi. So you made it all the way to the end. Thank you for sticking around. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, found it informative, entertaining, and of course, as per usual, find me hilarious. If you liked what you heard, it would really mean a lot to me if you could show your support by liking, commenting, or sharing this episode with a friend or family member. Your feedback and engagement helped me get on the mic today, and it would also improve our future shows and reach more people who maybe could benefit from our content as well. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to my podcast on your favorite platform or on YouTube. Follow along on this crazy journey with me at toothlife.irene and at toothordare.podcast on Instagram and Twitter. That way you'll be the first to know when episodes are released and you won't miss a beat. I appreciate your support and look forward to bringing you more great episodes in the future. From my team to yours, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>